This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to Mariner's Pod. Great to have you with us as always. Thanks for being here. Wow, we have a lot to get to. It was an interesting weekend made even more interesting by the big trade yesterday. Of course, the deadline's coming up today. It's going to hit at the same time the Mariners game starts. So here's the plan the next two days on Mariners Pod. Today, we're going to review the weekend, preview the game today. Tomorrow, Mariners Pod will be out. We'll talk uh, in depth about the trade that's always already happened possibly another i mean who knows at this point this trade deadline all of a sudden is getting pretty wild we know the mariners have made one move already and it is not a small move it's kind of funny if you've listened to the wheelhouse already this week a brand new wheelhouse is out and of course the wheelhouse is named nola (laughs) and you can hear jerry depoto talk about uh, what Nola has meant, how good he's been. And apparently the Padres were thinking right along the same lines. Uh, they're in a go-for-it-right-now kind of mode, and Mariners swing a pretty big deal. Three players going to San Diego, four players coming back to the Mariners. Uh, we'll hear from Jerry Depoto coming up on the podcast tomorrow, and we're going to dive in-depth to what this trade means. I'll give you a little preview, just something to think about right now. In the top 100 Baseball America prospects, Mariners now have seven with Julio Rodriguez, 8th, Jared Kelnick, 12th, Emerson Hancock, 54th, Evan White, who will drop off the list uh, in not too long of a time frame from now because of his playing time. He's 56th, Loburn Gilbert, 63rd, Taylor Trammell, 78th, the new addition to that list, and then Novelve Marte, 99th on the list. So pretty good place to be. Seven of the top 100 with the newest edition. So we'll talk more about Tramel coming up in the podcast tomorrow and really dive into what is a very interesting deal as the Mariners continue to stock the system. And the Padres going for it. And congratulations to Austin Nola. Everything he's accomplished, it's pretty amazing. All the work he's put in. Uh, where he came from to get here and turn himself into just an, a really good hitter. I mean, he was having a really good season, thrust into a position where he's catching catching every single day. And uh, the Padres really want him, and they really want him to plug a hole they had. And we'll see if they can help him or he can help them uh, get to the postseason and do some damage in the postseason. So, Again, we'll talk more about that coming up in the podcast tomorrow. Coming up in the podcast today, speaking of prospects, we're going to talk some Tacoma with uh, someone you probably remember, Christopher Negron, who was a player with the Mariners the last two years, also played with the Dodgers last year. Well, he joined the coaching staff, and he is down with Andy McKay and Tacoma, so we get his insights on what he has seen. He'll talk about Kelnick and Gilbert 
and that ridiculous home run from a couple weeks ago over the center field wall. And so a lot to get to with Negron. That's going to come up in a few minutes as well. So here's how the series against the Angels laid out. Of course, the Mariners took two or three from the Padres, went to Anaheim, taking on the Angels, losing game one of the series three to two. Uh, Mariners scoring one in the ninth, but couldn't come all the way back as the Angels put two on the board in the sixth, one in the eighth, and they took game one of the series. Marjavicious, again, was very good. Six innings of two-run ball. He continues to be solid for the Mariners in the rotation. Just nice work again. Mariners got destroyed in game two, 16-3. to It's funny, I was talking about it with Mike Blowers before the series, and Blow said some words that I'm not sure I've ever heard uh, coming into a series, and that was Mike Trout was struggling. And it really was concerning because really how long is Mike Trout going to struggle? And he goes three for four, scores four times, six ribbies, walked as well, uh, smashed a home run. I mean, he did everything as the Angels uh, took the first two games of the series by winning game two. Mariners come back with a really nice win in Game 3, and the star of the show, Justin Dunn, he was excellent. Here's the pitch. Swing and a miss by Simmons for strike three, and that's it for Simmons and the Angels in the bottom of the fifth inning, and what an afternoon for Justin Dunn. And for Justin, that is strikeout number four on the day. So the rotation has really shined as of late, and Dunn has been a big part of that. Two starts in a row where he's gone six innings without giving up a run and only giving up one hit. So that's great work by Justin Dunn. He kept the Angels off the board. And Kyle Lewis, again, going yard. The 0-1. Swing, and this is driven deep. Socked out to right field. Kyle Lewis leaving the yard. Home run, right field. Mariners go in front. Number eight on the season for the rookie. And it's one nothing Mariners in Anaheim in the seventh. So unfortunately for the M's, the Angels tie it up in the seventh. Both teams trading punches there. So we go to the tenth, a one-to-one ball game, extra innings, and Tim Lopes coming home, getting it done. The 2-2. Swinging, it's ripped into left for a base hit. It's in front of Goodwin. Kyle Lewis hits the back at third. He's coming around. Here he comes, play at the plate, headlong slide, and he's safe. Tim Lopes, a pinch hit, RBI, go-ahead, base hit here the tenth inning. Kyle Lewis scores from second, and it's a 2-1 Mariners lead. Then Ramirez would come on and lock down his first save as the Mariners get the win 2-1 over the Angels. And now a chance today to get the split in a rare wraparound series. A few more of those this year just because of the circumstances as the Mariners uh, will take on the Angels here in the final game. 1 o'clock first pitch from Anaheim. Marco Gonzalez will take the ball for the Mariners as he tries to continue his excellent starting pitching for the M's. Before we get to Christopher, why don't we hear from Justin Dunn? And what's been the big key? Key yesterday and the key for the role? Justin, uh, the sixth inning there, uh, how much of a grind was that to get through it? And, and how pumped were you to finish that inning off and kind of just finish that the start off like that? Super good. Um, super, super exciting. Um, to go through that part of the lineup in, in that big of a situation um, was huge for me. So extremely grateful um, to be able to get through it and, and give my team a chance to win. You know, the Rendon is a tough at bat, and you had some tough, kind of some battles with him there, but it looked like you just kind of 
buried the slider on him. And he also kind of showed some composure. I mean, he thought you had the out at second base, I would imagine, as well. So can you walk us through that a little bit? Yeah. Um, that that was a great call by D. Had a feeling it was coming. Um, Renifo likes to get a little antsy there on second. So um, once he put the sign down, it, it was cool to know we were on the same page. And um, To be able to execute a time pick like that was – was great for me in my development and be able to stay composed in that moment. Like you said, and, um, it happens. D put a good tag down, put a hard tag down and ball squirts out sometimes. So was, like you said, glad to be able to move past that and, and be able to execute some pitches. And Rendon's a very patient hitter, big league hitter. So, uh, I had to ask God for a little help there on, on that last slider and make a pitch. And, uh, was very fortunate that he helped me, uh, get a slider there and, and get a chase. That's good sliders. You can throw right there. That was, that's pretty nasty. Um, yeah, honestly, I didn't think he was going to swing out of the hand. I, I came out of my hand down. And um, as soon as I let it go, my immediate thought process was we're going to go back to the same pitch, but bring it back, up, bring it back up a little bit in the zone and see if we can't get a swing. So to get a swing like that on uh, against a hitter like that was was good to see and um, very, very, very thankful for it. Justin, this two two really good starts back to back. How much does this help your confidence here as you go through this first year? Oh, it's, it's awesome. I mean, um, Woody and I have been working really hard on, on getting back to developing a plan and going into a plan and, and throwing pitches with some conviction and then having O back there. And we've had some really good games together in Arkansas was was huge. And Nola at home against Texas really helped me walk through the game. And um, today being able to, to put the 42 on and, and um, honor Jackie and, and also honor Chadwick Bozeman and uh, gave a little extra energy to, to help get through those big spots. How much did that mean to you, putting that 42 on? I mean, that's, that was pretty cool. Everything. I mean, I, I've, I've had the chance to wear it. Last year, Kyle and I, we shared it. Um, I warmed up in it, and then he played in it. But this was the first time I got to pitch in it. So to honor him and, and then, like like I said, to honor Chadwick Bozeman. And um, he did an amazing job playing Jackie in 42. And then uh, Black Panther is one of my favorite movies. And um, my inner spirit animal, I guess you can say. So to go out there and – and do that for them is was huge. Here's Scott Service talking about the game yesterday. Wow, what a game! Uh, the uh, old school uh, pitchers duel is what we had today, and uh, really, really good pitching out there on both sides, obviously. But uh, really fired up uh, about what Justin Dunn was able to do again. He kind of carried over from what we saw in his last outing uh, with Texas, and, and really took control of the game, and you know kept us right there in a, in a very, very tight game. Not many hits, not many base runners. Uh, not much offense today, but a lot of it attributed to uh, the quality of the pitching and, uh, you know, even the bullpen, you know, finishing it off the, the way we did. Uh, it's exciting for a young guy like Johan uh, to be in that spot. And that's kind of what we're looking at, you know, as we move forward into the second half, uh, creating opportunities for players to experience those type of things. And, you know, you're hoping they get through them uh, and can really build off them. Sometimes they will, sometimes they won't. Uh, but I know today will go a long ways for him and uh, super, super happy uh, for that kid he is so like emotional and he loves being out there he loves being a part of this team and you know to see him take advantage of the opportunity like that today was just awesome so questions yeah with Johan that's that's not just a uh, I mean that's a pretty pressure-packed situation for a kid who really hasn't been in that situation yeah it really is Greg and I, I will say I thought just looking at you know the expressions on his face I thought his heartbeat was slower today than I've seen at any point all year and I just thought, you know, he's coming set, he's checking the runner at second, it was a deep breath, it had nice rhythm, and even more so than what we've seen in 
situations he's pitched in. Maybe we've been down three or four runs. So uh, really, really good sign for, for him. And uh, you know, watching him grow, is it's, it's a lot of fun. Scott, the, the sixth inning for Dunn, you, you leave him in there against good Goodwin there. I mean, some situations you might pull him for the lefty, but you had Misswitch warmed up. But, I mean, I imagine that was a, a moment you wanted to see him get through and see if he could finish it himself there. Yeah, really, um, you know, all the decisions that come down in a game like that, that may have been uh, one of the bigger ones. And, you know, talking uh, that over with, uh, you know, Pete Woodworth, our pitching coach, and there's so much that goes into that. And uh, a lot of it is, you know, obviously where the pitcher, how how's he's throwing, what's the feel of the game. But oftentimes, certainly where we're at this year, you want to give those kids an opportunity to find out, can they get through it? And he was throwing the ball great. So today was a day to let him go. Uh, we had Miz there, you know, if he hadn't got the hitter out before him, you know, all that stuff was kind of set up to go, but he, he made pitches leading into that uh, at bat with Goodwin. I was really happy that he got out of it. And again, another opportunity for growth and hopefully you'll build, build confidence off of that. He showed pretty good composure too. You, you dropped the pickoff at second base where you might have an out there and, you know, that could have a younger kid might've just gotten paralyzed after that, but he just kind of kept going and shook it off. Really did. I thought, uh, Dunny was uh, in control of his emotions much, much better today uh, as well. And oftentimes you'll see, you know, Chef and Johan, Dunny, these guys that get really amped up. Uh, I thought he was much, much better, much more in control today. And, you know, a line I've used here regularly is, you know, uh, what temperature is your soup cooking at? Okay. And when it's boiling, it's not really good to eat. <laughs> so his soup was in a good spot today. Medium, medium well is where we like to keep it. It's got Kyle Lewis, another guy that keeps that, that temperature pretty even. Uh, big, big hit for you today there as well. Yeah, Kyle uh, is about as uh, even keel as we got, you know, for the young guys on the group. But, uh, you know, he's one real happy the way he's been swinging the bat maybe just the last couple of days and he even made a comment to me before uh, the game started. I got one in me today, Skip, and he did. He did have one in him today. So it was a big one. Um, like I said, hits and uh, runs were hard to come by, but we needed everyone uh, that we got. His was the biggest, obviously. Along with Lopes, can't lose Lopes's. What about the uh, active or the uh, really proactive send by Manny there on that base hit there in the extra innings? Uh, you pick up on something there, or maybe I mean on a sharp hit ball like that, that's a maybe that's an easy hold, but that turned out to be very pivotal. It was a huge, huge play, and give Manny a ton of credit. In a game like today, it's just you're not going to put a string a lot of hits together. You got to take a chance there. And, and Kalu didn't have a good read on that ball, didn't make a great round at third base, uh, but he can run. And, and he made up the difference and he made just enough to, to score that big run. Got Lopes battling that at bat, too. That was, that was pretty impressive at bat. Yeah, really impressive. But Timmy always gives you a good at bat against left handed pitching, especially. And, uh, you know, these, these guys, you know, they're, they're getting those opportunities more frequently to pinch hit in those big spots and stuff. And they're just, they're, they're handling it so much better on uh, keeping their emotions in check. And if you do that, you got a chance for your talent to play out. And that's what we're seeing with a lot of these guys. A day off for, uh, for Austin. He's been going at it pretty hard. Yeah, it really, really was. I know um, he's think he's played four last five games and uh, you know, he's had a little bit of a knee uh, thing going on. So we want to protect that a little bit. So uh, that was the reason for, uh, you know, getting Huddy on the roster, just if a game like that came up, we really need to give him a day down. Um, and otherwise, you know, you probably jam him into that game and now you're paying for it down the road. So uh, a nice job by both those young catchers. So, all right, some day baseball today as the Mariners look for a series split. We have a ton to talk about with the trade and the podcast tomorrow. So join us for that. In the meantime, here's Christopher Negron. 
Well, Chris, I want to start with this. It, it doesn't seem like that long ago that we saw you in a Mariners uniform on the field and you were hitting home runs down the stretch with the Dodgers, a, a team that won the division. And here you are, a quick transition to coaching. How's the transition been for you? Yeah, it's it's uh, it's pretty wild to think about it that way. Um, it's crossed my mind a couple of times, but no, it's been it's been a great transition. Um, the staff really uh, helped me out a lot here. Andy McKay has been, you know, showing me the ropes, kind of kind of getting me um, comfortable being on this side. It's a little bit different, that's for sure, but it's been great, and uh, the players have been amazing. Um, I played with a couple of guys last year, so that's been a pretty fun dynamic but no the staff and and everybody's been great it's one of the main reasons why um, i wanted to come back here and take this role you know it was fun for us to watch after the trade to the dodgers what you hit a home run and each of your first two games i think you got a base hit in your very last Mm -hmm. at bat how much fun was that last run with the dodgers the last uh, i guess couple months of the season experience i'll just i'll cherish for the rest of my life it was it was great. Like you said, I hit a homer my very first at bat, um, putting on that Dodger uniform, and then playing my very last career game um, in San Francisco, which is, you know, I grew up outside the Bay Area. Um, all my friends and family there, my wife knew that this kind of might be my very last at bat. So it was, it was pretty emotional when I was on first base. I was trying to hold it all in because it kept crossing my mind that that could have been my very last at bat as a player. And it happened to be a single in my hometown. Like all the stars were aligned. It was. It was pretty special. That's amazing. So, obviously, a very unique situation with everything going on this year. Uh, describe kind of what your day-to-day is like in Tacoma. Yeah, so uh, we're starting out in the mornings. Um, we just kind of get everybody to the field. We, we get our testing done first thing in the morning. Everybody gets in. And then it's kind of it's kind of a routine type of day. On the days that we're not having inter-squads, um, we, everybody gets their cage work in. The pitchers will get their prep work in. They play catch. We take batting practice, our individual defense. It's all pretty much a lot of the the pregame instruction type stuff that we do before a normal game. Hmm. Um, And then we either inner squad or that's the end of our day for the most part, but there's plenty of time. We get a lot of work in um, a lot of individual defensive work, a lot of cage work. So these boys are getting challenged. That's for sure. And uh, they're all embracing it. It's been a great time. We've been watching from afar and we often see the video highlights from things that goes on. Obviously Mariner fans are very excited about uh, a lot of talented players down there. I want to start with, Jared Kelnick, what have you seen from Kelnick? This is the first first period of time I've been exposed to, to to Jared, and he has all the tools in baseball. He's unbelievable. He's fun to watch. He's it's his dining practice, the way he goes about his work, everything is just is as advertised. But the thing that's really been been opening my eyes is just the leader that he is, mm. the the type of attitude he brings to the ballpark every day. And this is a tough situation for everybody. It's challenging. You know what I mean? It's, there's no fans. Or it's kind of Groundhog Day-ish type things. There's, there's only so much you can do. And the, well, he comes in every day with a smile, a great attitude. Um, he's helping the young, the new draft picks that are here, you know, in the day-to-day work with, their, with the outfield work. And just the attitude he brings every day, it's been pretty impressive. And, and all that on-field stuff's going to come. And just seeing the type of leader that he, that he is, is is pretty neat. You mentioned the players just drafted. I, I keep thinking what a unique situation i mean their their first taste of pro ball is in this situation that no one has ever experienced how has it gone for them oh they're embracing it big time mm. they, they they know it's 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 a different type of um atmosphere that most people are used to um it's not necessarily what they're going to be exposed to come regular season next year um but they're they're having a great time that they, they were in summer camp you know got to play at t-mobile which Right out of the draft, you get to go hang out with a big league team and essentially work out with all of them. That, that was an unbelievable experience. And I am sure, and I know for a fact they all learned a lot. 
Um, they again, they're going about their work just as hard as everybody else. They're hungry, and I think the fact that they're being exposed to all this is just going to get them that much more hungry um, when they're starting at their affiliates. I think it's interesting, you know, when you have the inner squads. It's essentially the same group of guys. I know you try and mix it up game to game, but I'm interested, you know, in the Gilbert Kelnick matchups, kind of the repeated matchups after facing each other. How do you look at that dynamic of kind of facing the same group of guys every time you play? It's tough. It's it's definitely tough because if you start you start learning the hitters, you start learning the pitchers, mm. you know how they pitch, you start seeing their pitches more and more um, every game. So it, it's it's tough to get an advantage over the other because everybody's adjusting at the same time. But no, there's some good matchups between Kellenick, Gilbert, and, e- and even the, even the young guys facing you know Gilbert. Um, they're putting together some at bats, and it's just been a, a great just learning experience for young guys facing you know big league ready arms and, and guys who are in camp that were, you know, were in the big league. So it's kind of, it's, it's very good exposure for all of them. What have you been your impressions of Logan Gilbert watching him up close? It's impressive. I've stood in a couple of his bullpens and he's got some pretty good stuff. <laughs> I'll tell you that, but no, he's, he's a, he's a great kid. Um, he works his tail off and his bullpens his everyday work his prep work. You know, he has the right mentality and, and attitude to, to be successful in this game. That's for sure. Have there been a guy or two that, have really jumped out at you during this time in Tacoma that Mariner fans should really be excited about? I mean, Cal Raleigh put together some at bats mm. from both sides of the plate. It's, it, it is really impressive. Um, and the leadership he takes being a catcher with the pitching staff, especially because it's the young pitching staff here too. Um, the leadership that he takes on with them has been, has been pretty sweet to see. And, and again, and, and Austin Shenton, the young third baseman, uh, he's been putting together great at bats too. His defensive work, he gets after it every day and, we had a, a little thing today, actually, where he, he asked to be challenged. He wanted just ground balls to be hammered at him. They want us to try and make him make errors so he can be challenging himself and get mm-hmm. better. So f- for a young guy to, to step up and, and kind of come with us or come to us with something like that to challenge himself is, is, is really cool. Did you see Shenton hit it over the center field wall? Because that is ridiculous in that park. I was coaching through this when it happened. He, it was a 3-0 count, 99-mile-an-hour fastball, <laughs> and... He just took it. Didn't he? Didn't try and muscle up or anything. It was a nice, smooth swing, and he hammered it to center field. And I'm watching. Bishop was in center field, and I'm watching it, and I see him pull up the fence, and I'm expecting to hear the loud sound at least off the wall because it was hammered, and nothing happened. And then the whole ballpark was just kind of silent. <laughs> no, I don't even think Shenton realized what he did. He's just jogging around with a smile on his face, just being Shenton. And I immediately, like three minutes later, I get a text from the GM in Tacoma. Nick, and he just says, that's the third ball in 60 years to clear that fence. And I, I joke around with Shenton now. I don't think he realizes that that's going down in the history books of Cheney Stadium. Like, there's, you're the third person to ever do that. And he just laughs about it. But every time any team, last year, my experience being in Tacoma, whenever a team would come into town, they ask if anybody's hit it over that. And I'm like, no, there's no chance. I've never seen it. That narrative's definitely now going to change. Uh, that is unbelievable. I mean, that... The wall is enormous. It is a mile away. That is unbelievable. I'm glad you were there to see it. I'm glad there were witnesses to see it. That's good. So it's not just legend. <laughs> oh, exactly. That's, that's the first thing I said, too. I looked it up. I was like, please tell me there's a camera here somewhere. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Hey, what have you seen from Marte down there? Oh, he's hungry, too. I love it. He's made strides already just from his swing, his defense, everything. He came in here, and again, he's 18 years old huh. in summer camp. He's 18 years old, and going against guys that are, you know, on the brink of being in the big leagues, guys in the big leagues, college guys. 
Like he's being challenged and he's just taking it with stride. He's taking his punches. He's, he, he's coming in every day, ready to go. He's, he hit a home left center field and everybody was cheering for him. Like everybody knows how big this is for him mm. being 18 years old and being able to be around this environment with these kind of players. Definitely going to help his, his development. And he's taking it with stride. Like he has his days where he struggles a little bit, but you know what? He comes back the next day ready to work. And then you can see the improvement that he's made. It's great to catch up. Thanks for the insights on Tacoma. And we'll have to do this again soon. We appreciate it. Absolutely. No, thank you guys. And, and uh, we love it out here. And we're, we're pushing these boys and good things to come. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.